Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC. In life, gymnastics is a very individual sport. So a lot of times you have to teach them how to be a team member, how to be unselfish, and how to give to others. We were taught as gymnasts, when you got to Alabama, you conducted yourself at the highest level. Never any room for misconduct or poor sportsmanship. It just was not tolerated. Sarah was always very appropriate, very proper. Her girls were her ladies. Academics were important. Community service was important. The athletic part was important. Sarah Campbell's focus on creating a wholesome, traditional, family-friendly environment for her athletes was solidified when in 1982, she married assistant coach David Patterson and took his last name. The two united to build the program and the image of the ladies together as a couple under her direction. That year, the Crimson Tide ladies finished second in the Southeastern Conference Championships. At the time, Alabama thought little about its neighbors to the east, the Georgia Gym Dogs. Who would blame them? The 10-year-old Georgia women's gymnastics program was on the verge of being eliminated. Athletic director and Georgia football legend Vince Dooley asked assistant athletic director Liz Murphy to find a new head coach in a last-ditch effort to save the program. Just before the 1984 season was to kick off, Suzanne Yachlin, an unknown gymnastics coach, found herself with an offer for a job she never even applied for. I didn't even know what college gymnastics was. I didn't even know who was the national champion. Ed Isabel, my mentor, the owner of Woodward Gymnastics Camp, the largest gymnastics camp in the country, took my resume, wrote a cover letter, signed my name to it, and mailed it to the University of Georgia to the attention of women's AD, Liz Murphy. And she called me on the phone. We're interested in having you come down and talk to us about the Georgia job. And I go, I didn't apply for the Georgia job. And she goes, we've had so many people give us your name and say you'd be perfect for this job. And we'd like you to come down. I'm like, Jimmy Carter, Peanuts. I don't think so. I'm a New Jersey girl. But Liz Murphy was so persuasive. And she talked me into coming to Athens for a visit. And the minute I walked on this campus, I just felt this opportunity. And my instinct was take this job. Like Sarah, Suzanne initially had limited resources and practice space. Our gym was tiny, little, chalky, dirty, small. Gymnastics meets at Stegman Coliseum presented other challenges. I remember the first meet like it was yesterday. I walked into the Coliseum and there were 200 fans, literally. And I completely visualized it and knew that we were going to fill that arena someday. I went to Vince Dooley and I said, we are going to fill this Coliseum. He really didn't know how to take me because there weren't a lot of women coaches, for one thing, and there certainly weren't women as aggressive as I was. And he just looked at me like, you are crazy. Just, okay, go to work. That's fine. We'll fill the Coliseum. And I just was on a mission. And she's got her mind on a goal. Stuff to stop her. She likes to win and she likes to compete and won't take no for an answer. I would go to Vince Dooley and say, you know, we need this. You know, the men have this, and why don't we have this, and we should have this if the men have this, and I was just a thorn in his side. She was fighting for women's sports and equality of everything from scholarships to coaches' pays to you know, facilities. She wouldn't take no for an answer there as well. She was always pushing, and she got results. They had a philosophy where you compete how you practice. It was, let's put the best team out there and be competitive sort of developed that philosophy of see it, say it, do it. That was just my personality, to see where we're going and to say we're going to win this weekend. And so I got the reputation of being cocky and arrogant and overconfident when it's just my core belief. She taught me how to have confidence in myself. She taught me how to be a member of the team. She taught me how to be a leader. She was so individualized with each of the members of the team that she didn't lump us together as just the University of Georgia Gym Dog. Well, Suzanne's enthusiasm and her win-at-all-cost kind of mentality, she created passion and emotion for competing to win. In Yachlin's first year as head coach, 
her gym dogs broke into the national top 10 ranking at ninth. Alabama was six. The program the Crimson Tide ladies had been oblivious to for years was suddenly a factor, not only in the conference, but on a national scale. Two fearless women, 275 miles apart, were building powerhouses on very different philosophical foundations. Suzanne started coaching at Georgia after Sarah Patterson had already kind of established Alabama. And when she got to Georgia, she said, we're athletes. We're not out here to make friends. We're out here to win championships. The attitude was just win and whatever it takes. And this stuff about ladies, that doesn't get you a trophy. And I think that Suzanne had to do that in a sense, just to create a difference in the programs, because Alabama had already established themselves as sort of the Scarlet O'Hara's of gymnastics, if you want to go Southern. And so Suzanne had what? She had to be the Bell Watkins, the anti-Scarlet in a sense. The programs each took on the personality of the head coach. Georgia was not shy at all about declaring war on Alabama. Georgia gymnasts would tell you we're not scared of anything and we're here under the bright lights and we're going to bring everything we got. Whereas Alabama would be like, we want to perform our best. I used to joke that both Sarah and Suzanne would cut your heart out to win a meet. It's just Suzanne would do it and laugh at you while she was doing it. Sarah would do it and make you feel good about it. This SEC Story presentation is brought to you by Chick-fil-A. We didn't invent chicken, just the chicken sandwich. And Regents Bank, proud to be the official bank of the Southeastern Conference. When you hit 40, you start star athletes Frank Thomas and Doug Flutie. I did notice after 40 the energy level had dropped dramatically. Just basically slowing down all around and everything you were doing. Want your edge back? You need Nugenics Total T Total Testosterone Boosting Formula. An elite men's supplement that elevates both free and total testosterone levels. Nugenics Total T features testament. It increases testosterone levels and improves sexual function in men as we age. Get your complimentary bottle by texting FRESH to 42424. I haven't felt this great in 15 years. It's more about having the energy and drive to go ahead and be all in again. Total T's key ingredients are natural, totally drug-free, and safe. Nugenics delivers such an edge, it's number one at GNC and number one at Walmart. To get your complimentary bottle of Nugenics Total T, text FRESH to 42424. Text now and we'll include a bottle of Nugenics Thermo X, our most powerful Fat incinerator ever with key ingredients to help you get back in shape absolutely free. That's fresh 242424. ESPN presents the college football playoff. First, a heavyweight battle in the Rose Bowl. All eyes are on this matchup. Then, high-powered offenses clash in the Sugar Bowl. It seems like these two teams are peaking right at the right moment. The biggest dream of all is just two wins away. Michigan, Alabama at 5, and Washington, Texas at 845, New Year's Day, exclusively on ESPN. Gather your loved ones, because nobody does Christmas like Disney. Wake up to special holiday performances for the whole family. It's the, the ultimate, ultimate holiday, holiday celebration. celebration. Disney Parks, magical Christmas Day Parade, Christmas morning on ABC. Suzanne Yachlin and Sarah Patterson had lifted their teams to the elite level of competition. Now they sought to fill the stands. Knowing the football-focused Southern crowds would prove a difficult audience to cultivate, Sarah and Suzanne got to work. They are very different, but there are no two coaches more alike in the sport of collegiate gymnastics. They both are masters of making themselves known. And not just on campus, in the community beyond. Pat Summit at Tennessee, she said to me that if you're not willing to market and promote as much as you are to coach and recruit, may you compete in front of no one. Well, I think Suzanne and I both took that to heart and worked equally as hard in our marketing efforts. You coach, you recruit, you market. That's the way we ran our programs. And it was all about getting the next person in the door with a ticket. 
getting folks out to the meet, and they figured, if I can get them to watch, watch, watch my girls compete, they'll come back. And they did. They made themselves very visible. They went everywhere they could possibly go to, to promote gymnastics. And we began to see the crowds that were down here and the attention that the sport was getting. And then we grew to 2,500. Then moved to the Coliseum, which holds over 15,000. So our 2,500 looked quite small. We had black in the Coliseum to kind of section off one whole side because we didn't have enough fans to fill the Coliseum. Crowds were increasing, but the enormous black sheet that concealed the empty seats loomed as a constant reminder of the work that still needed to be done. To make that curtain come down. More fun and games than an amusement park arcade. 1037 The Buzz, KABZ Little Rock. Sarah Patterson basically came to the Tuscaloosa News and said, how can I get more coverage? Both of them always had an agenda. You learned after a while they were both after something. They both had a story they wanted to tell and they wanted to make sure that you told it. Sarah really thinks about what she's going to say and how she's going to say it. Sarah would always say, say the right thing, very politically correct. Where Suzanne, if she felt that we were on, you know, we're here to win and we're here to win big. She was probably my favorite quote of any coach, athlete I've probably ever dealt with because she said what was on her mind. Now we're the team to beat. <laughs> you have a little bit of success and it just fires you up and you want a little bit more success and then you want a little bit more success and I started feeling it and chasing it and you know having a couple big wins and the more I felt that, the more it just lit that fire in my gut and made me work even harder. Tonight, some of the finest gymnasts in the nation will compete for the Southeastern Conference Women's Gymnastics Championships. Even five years ago, not one of these teams could hope to qualify for the national championship. So I really see this year as a coming of age for SEC gymnastics. In 1986, Georgia and Alabama entered the postseason ranked numbers two and three respectively in the nation. At the SEC championships, the two schools faced off against the four-time defending champ, Florida. We were the underdogs. We had nothing to lose. We competed step by step. I, we didn't really get ahead of ourselves, and before we knew it, the tables turned a little bit, and we started winning. The team really does need this score on the floor. She's the last remaining competitor for Georgia, and the team competition is so close. Nearly flawless on the floor, Julie Click sealed the victory for the gym dogs. And for Suzanne, her first Southeastern Conference title. The new Southeastern Conference team champions, the Georgia Bulldogs. No one expected us to. It was sort of surreal. That's a, definitely a first for Georgia. They've broken Florida's monopoly, and it's good to see. The defending champion Georgia Bulldogs dominated the 1987 SEC championships, winning every event. Soon after, the Gym Dogs won their first NCAA title, becoming the first school in the history of the championships to beat five-time defending champs Utah. For me, in 1987, when Georgia won the first title, it became, okay, now this is the team we need to knock off. We had a choice. We were either going to let Georgia be the best team in the country, or we were going to rise to the challenge. In 1988, Alabama responded by winning the SEC championship. The tide then rolled on to become the NCAA champion, matching Georgia and Yachtland's feat of the year before. From that point on, they were our biggest competitor. Here comes the rivalry. It's a ping-pong match in competition. It starts back and forth and back and forth. The rivalry that would span over three decades was born. Georgia versus Alabama. Jim Dogs versus Crimson Tide. Yawklin versus Patterson. At the 1990 SEC Championships in Athens, the Alabama and Georgia athletes were as contrasted as their coaches. 
Georgia with big muscles and big skills. They had physiques like, like little bodybuilders. And Alabama's gymnasts are really petite in their finesse gymnasts. With the SEC championship on the line, it would come down to Georgia's risk-taking versus Alabama's consistency. If you have somebody that's doing not quite as hard as gymnastics, and you have somebody that's doing a little bit more difficult, and both routines are flawless, you have to give credit to the one that's a little bit more difficult. But there's times when that doesn't work out. They wanted to beat the University of Georgia, so they, they played it safe. took more of a very clean approach, being clean, having execution-free routines, and maybe not throwing as hard of skills, but it was still better than 99% of the country. Alabama's consistency paid off over Georgia's big tricks. Welcome back to Memorial Coliseum on the University of Kentucky campus in Lexington. Kentucky. At the 1991 SEC Championships, Alabama executed their clean routines again. This time, in the sport's most notoriously difficult event, the four-inch wide beam. Beam for gymnastics is that event that can make you or break you. When you park your car today, I want you to stand on the yellow or white line in the lot, and I want you to just jump up and land in the same spot. I want you to look down at your feet. Were your feet directly on the line? Probably not. So now I want you to imagine I'm going to jump and I'm going to flip my body upside down so that if I wanted to, I could be looking right at the line and then my feet are somehow magically going to be on the line. The physics of it are beyond comprehension. called ourselves the beam team just because in 91 that's when every person that we had in our lineup knew that every time we went out we would hit. It was almost like we could do those beam routines in our sleep. The Alabama squad gracefully negotiated the beam bringing them closer to clinching the 1991 SEC title. Alabama's rocking it out and I'm on bars and I remember Suzanne looked at me she goes don't fall. That was her advice to me. I'm like, okay. Freshman Kelly Macy felt the full pressure of the rivalry. It was like, you don't want to lose to Alabama. That would have been really bad. Faux pas. Not good. With another full turn into a double tuck dismount. Good landing. Great routine. And Suzanne Yachlin extremely excited. Alabama has a 1,500th of a point lead over Georgia, and this battle could go down to the last competitor. We knew the whole season was sort of building up to that. It was like so close we could almost taste it. Not enough rotation to hold on to the landing. Brinker needed to hit this to keep Alabama in the lead. Needs a little bit more height. Again, just shy on their landing. You can see very frustrated. With Alabama slipping, Georgia needed strong performances on their next two floor routines to take the lead. Hope Spivey, one of the best in the country, and she's going to have to hit this if Georgia is going to pull off the sneak. showing on the floor, and Georgia would claim the top spot. But Georgia's error opened the door again for Alabama. One of the ball with some problems, and on the other end, Alabama's D.D. Foster. Beautifully done, Dave. A front handspring in a pike position. Nailed the landing. For D.D. Foster on the ball, a nine. Dee Dee Foster's vault performance put Alabama back in the lead, 
and forced Suzanne Yachman to use the injured Lisa Alisea as a last resort for Georgia. And here we have Lisa Alisea. This is amazing, Elsie. She broke her toe in practice a week ago. And Suzanne Yachman is getting pumped. Georgia trying to pull out all stops to win this title. She's going after it all. This is just amazing to see. Round of backhand spring. Just a layout in. Lisa Alisea in, in one of the more dramatic performances we've ever seen in Southeastern Conference Gymnastics history. And let's see the score for 9.45. And Georgia does win the FTC Championship. Lisa Alisea's heroic performance would put Georgia over the top, earning Suzanne Yachlin the SEC title. Georgia takes away Alabama's SEC title by 500 to the point. The trip home was so heartbreaking. A lot of times, you know it's close or whatever, but we knew we could have won, and that was very painful. We lost by such a smidge. It's the most exciting feeling. It's definitely one of the highlights of my career. It reinforced how strong belief is and how strong the mind is in terms of your ability to have success. When I look back on it now, those two years were pretty defining and lifted both programs to the elite level of college gymnastics. This SEC Story presentation is brought to you by Chick-fil-A. We didn't invent chicken, just the chicken sandwich. And Regents Bank, proud to be the official bank of the Southeastern Conference. Look, isn't that Frank? More like the big hunk. Yeah. Wow, Frank Thomas. Hi, how's it going? Good. You look like you could still be playing. That's what I said. Well, I am feeling stronger and leaner. So, Frank, what's your secret? I discovered Nugenics. I wish my husband did. It's easy. Just send the text. If you're a guy over 40, text CHARM to 231-231 to get a complimentary sample of Nugenics Total Tea, the number one selling free testosterone booster at GNC. Nugenics is a unique man-boosting formula powered by Testofen, a patented key ingredient clinically researched to help boost your free testosterone levels, to help you feel stronger, leaner, with more energy and drive, more passion, too. Here, try a bottle, and trust me. She'll like it too. Text CHARM to 231-231 to get a complimentary sample of Nugenics Total Tea. Text now and we'll include a bottle of Nugenics Thermo X, our most powerful fat incinerator ever, absolutely free. That's C-H-A-R-M to 231-231. What an amazing game, Kirk. Herb Street joins us now. Herbie, can you believe what we just saw? Scott, just an incredible play. ESPN on Hulu plus live TV. ESPN on Hulu plus live TV. Herbie, you, you with me? We're talking about the game-winning drive here. I can't believe they scored. The quarterback, really, ESPN on Hulu plus live TV. Is this because ESPN is on Hulu? Plus live TV. ESPN on Hulu plus, plus live, live TV. TV. Got it, Herbie. Thank you. So I guess this is what we're doing here. Are you thinking about buying an annuity? Before you do, get the little-known secrets to receiving guaranteed income and protecting your hard-earned money. Don't buy an annuity until you understand the pros and cons of annuities. Everything you need to know can be found in this free book, Annuity Do's and Don'ts for Baby Boomers. It reveals the five little-known secret truths about annuities in easy-to-understand terms. Call now and get your free copy. Don't make a move without it. These five secret truths are the hacks we believe all seniors, boomers, and those approaching retirement should know to maximize their retirement with guaranteed annuity income. Call and get your copy now. As a bonus for those who call, we'll give you our free annuity rate report that summarizes rates and benefits from the top annuity providers. Supplies are limited. Call and get your free books now. Call 800-549-8750. That's 800-549-8750. The intensity of the competition between Alabama and Georgia at those SEC championships in the early 1990s led to an unlikely alliance that would change women's gymnastics forever. We are only supposed to schedule each other one time a year, and Georgia and I, we have entered into a home-and-home -home arrangement, and I feel like... Sarah came to me and said, let's have an additional me other than the one that the SEC requires us to have. When you're trying to make your program marketable, what other school within a five-hour drive could bring in that many fans? 
The added meat would intensify the pressure within college gymnastics' biggest rivalry. He trained. Hi, this is Vern Lundquist, CBS Sports. You're listening to 1037 The Buzz. Because you wanted it so bad. We didn't do too well, and we drove back that night, and Suzanne made us get right in the gym and just go right into practice because we had the next weekend with Alabama. It was just intense. A hop on a dismount, a small step would be the determination between the whole meet. You were in a pressure cooker, and it was who's going to win it this time. It was either Alabama or Georgia that was going to take the SEC. Same with the Nationals. It created the healthy competitive spirit. If you're going to win, you've got to get through them. And if they're going to win, they got to get through you. Let's have our dual meet and let's get to the end and see who wins. Congratulations, girls! By 1992, Georgia and Alabama had gone back and forth for six SEC championships. And each program had two national championships under their belts. Everybody wants to be around the winner. And it's tough when you lose now. The two coaches brought winning. The winning brought fans. The fans brought passion. Gymnastics caught fire in the South. We were almost like celebrities here. Our fans were just as avid about our gymnastics as a football fan. They were tailgating in the parking lot. The fans took on the energy of, of the two different coaches' personalities. And that pretty much stewed the rivalry. If Suzanne said Sarah was evil, then by golly, Sarah was evil. Likewise, Sarah did her absolute best to say, we're above that kind of stuff. We're Alabama. We'd fall off the beam at a meet, their fans would cheer. You, you don't really get that at any other gymnastics meet. This is grown-up adults heckling us on the floor. You're focusing on just sticking your landings because you want to prove to this fan that's treating you poorly. You take it as motivation. Did you tell us the crowd's beginning to have an impact at this point? It's having an impact on me. I can't believe that they're maintaining their concentration. But as I said earlier, they are used to this, and they just can't wait to get the other team in their home court. Their band would play the cymbals and crash the cymbals when we were on the beam trying to distract us. That just motivated us more. I'm sure a lot of the girls from both teams would say, when I went to Georgia, they threw ice at us. And the Georgia girls would say, when we went to Alabama, they held up signs, you know, dirty dogs. I personally thought it was all hysterical. And I loved it. Like, bring it on. As the seats filled, the coaches and athletes made sure they gave the fans a show. You have to be competitive on the gymnastics floor and competition. You have to be competitive in terms of what you provide your fans as well. She envisioned gymnastics meets to be more than just the competition itself. She felt there had to be more of an entertainment value as part of the experience for the fans. The production of the meets was unbelievable. There's nothing like it at any of the other meets. Sarah Patterson saw what the NBA was doing, and she was doing it with the video highlights. We're going to tout this stuff. By focusing on the production and the intensity and the excitement and the fun atmosphere, the athletes just wanted to do well. Suzanne and Sarah always try to one-up each other. We would have a new leotard with sparkles, and they would have the same leotards. I mean, it was just back and forth. Sarah came into the gym one time, and she goes, 
I just want you to know we don't have fireworks because our fire marshal won't let us have fireworks. And I was like, that's funny. But that just goes back to the competitiveness about her. She wanted to have fireworks too. She's actually got them now. But, you know, there was a period of time where she couldn't have fireworks. I had one athletic director and I came in and I was saying, we need to do this, we need to do this, we need these upgrades, this is something that will help the whole department. And he looked at me and he said, Sarah, yeah, oh, we can't keep up with the Joneses. And I thought about it for a minute and I just said, we are the Joneses. Sarah and Suzanne were masterminds behind building that off each other. We never had an elephant come in the stadium, but, you know, we probably would have if we would have been allowed to. By the mid-1990s, with Alabama and Georgia facing each other three times a year, the competition between Sarah Patterson and Suzanne Yachlin was more wide-ranging than ever. There was a little more personal competition there than maybe they would like the public to have known. With competition, everything. The battle of the wardrobes. We couldn't wait to see what Suzanne was going to show up in. Suzanne dressed up more like it was a cocktail party. I can remember Suzanne walking out in a short skirt and high heels. It was the first time I think that I ever noticed a head coach actually coaching with spike heels. Sarah Patterson generally dressed up like it was a business affair. Well, I don't think we ever really planned it. A couple of times, she did come out in all black, and I did have on cream or white, and people just made a lot of it. Sarah would be dressed in light colors. She would be very southern, very hospitable. That's the kind of routines they had. They were very clean, very neat. But then you had Georgia, and we'd always come in dark colors and black red and Suzanne would be in designer clothes and her stiletto heels and we would be fiery and intense. The Georgia Gym Dogs are red hot. Georgia was the leather jackets of gymnastics. Not, not literally, but you know what I mean, the attitude. I was smart enough to capitalize on clothing and attire. Our team was the first team to wear these little half tops in warm-ups, open stomach, two-piece. We definitely pushed the envelope. It was a statement. The Alabama fans were like scandalized. But that's the kind of attention and the offense that went on between the two programs. The competition to outnumber the opponent on the scoreboard and in the stands during a regular season meet led to Georgia's first 10,000 sellout in 1994. You're in awe because you look up at the Coliseum, everywhere you look, there's people. When we barely had a crowd of 200, she'd say, we're going to sell out this arena, and people would laugh, but it happened. Making it a popular sport in a world where it's really not that popular. In 1997, Alabama sold out their Coliseum, which held 15,000, 5,000 more than Georgia's. The line to get in was stretched out from the front of Coleman Coliseum all the way down the sidewalk to the parking lot, and there were people scalping gymnastics tickets. Who would have ever thought that could happen? I wanted to hold it just for a few moments and not let time go by because I want to remember what it was like. It had never been done in the Southeastern Conference. That was the most gymnastics fans ever. I knew I had a lot more years to coach, but I wanted to take that moment in 1997, and I want to remember it for the rest of my life. We have 13,200, and we're always at 10, because that's our capacity. And I'm like, well, we're at full capacity. Well, we're at 13,200. Well, we're at full capacity. It was always like a little personal kind of competition between us. Nobody thought it would ever happen, that gymnastics could fill an entire arena. And then when it happened one time, everybody thought, okay, that was just kind of a, a one-time thing. It was a gimmick. It just became a thing where it continued to sell out.
1995 regular season meet in Athens, Alabama's Patterson observed that the uneven bars were narrower than those that would be used in the NCAA championships later that year. Patterson was furious and wasted little time in taking the issue right to Suzanne Yachlin. Everybody had competed on the new equipment all year, and then Alabama shows up and the old equipment's there. Alabama didn't do very well on the bars because they had not practiced on the old equipment. I said losers make excuses and winners make adjustments. You know, I'm always preaching to the team and we need to take responsibility for ourselves and our scoring and we can't have it be because of equipment or judging or circumstances. We have to be better than all of that and it just came out. That quote became a big deal. The SEC deemed Yachtland's comment a violation of their code of ethics and poor sportsmanship. Yachtland was fined and reprimanded by athletic director Vince Dooley and forced to write a personal letter of apology to Patterson and a public one to the Atlanta newspaper. That was really embarrassing because I'm guilty of a lot of things, but poor sportsmanship's not one of them. You won't see me crying on the floor when we get beat or blaming the judging. It was a comment that just came out of my mind and out of my mouth and at the wrong time. I mean, I needed to keep my mouth closed and walk away and I don't know. That's just sort of hard for me. <laughs> Even if I felt that, I probably would not have said that in a public setting. I would have waited, but that's the difference between Suzanne and I. From our perspective, it fueled the University of Alabama, and it made us want to not be those that were complaining, and it stepped our game up. Sarah Patterson was smart enough to capitalize on things that I said to help build a following. For me, that's when the personal rivalry got going because I thought, wow, I feel like my words are being used to build your following and your attendance and to make me look bad. I think from that point on, it got a little personal and it got a little heated and each meet seemed to escalate that. I was introduced and the entire place stood up and booed me. And just everything was really made personal. Like, we're just the evil empire, you guys. We just need to accept it and deal with it with the evil empire. And we just started wearing black every time we went to Tuscaloosa. Gymnastics was this nice, sweet sport of all these pretty girls doing these amazing things. And suddenly, the bad guy showed up. I'd never heard anybody booed at a gymnastics meet. The crowd passion was so intense that Patterson was forced to address crowd behavior in Tuscaloosa before a meet against Georgia. I would urge that you keep all of your comments in a positive manner and let's have a great gymnastics performance. Alabama fans were just convinced that Georgia cheated, that Georgia girls were all thugs, that Suzanne Yachlin was this, that, or the other. The Georgia fans were just sure that that nice girl facade that Sarah Patterson had put around her program was all just a facade. It was the kind of stuff you would expect out of college football. SEC Storied and Regions Bank present The Vault. The two are intertwined. Because of this rivalry, you really cared. They made it about each other. And the audience got into it because it's like everything else in sports. It's about winning and losing. And there was only going to be one winner. And if it was Sarah, that meant... Caution, this station may be habit-forming. Two words, clothing optional. 1037 The Buzz. We're streaking! Woo! ...to the top and make their sport must-see and must-hear. This feels amazing. Rejuvenating. Ready to de-stress, de-ache, and detoxify? Introducing the Calming Heat Sauna Wrap from Sharper Image. It's a soothing spa-like experience. With its open-end design, you can breathe easy and burn calories while you sweat. Order now to get 25% off and free shipping. Plus, you'll get the movable vibrating massage pad free. Order now at CalmingHeatSauna.com. Something remarkable is unfolded. I can feel it. Freedom and justice by any means necessary. We need a peaceful show of force. We are allowed to defend ourselves. That is what we intend to do. I am many things, but afraid is not one of them. You know I don't run. We must meet hate with love. The world will be watching.
games. There's no games like bowl games. Capital One Bowl Media on the ESPN Networks and ABC. Are you thinking about buying an annuity? Before you do, get the little-known secrets to receiving guaranteed income and protecting your hard-earned money. Don't buy an annuity until you understand the pros and cons of annuities. Everything you need to know can be found in this free book, Annuity Do's and Don'ts for Baby Boomers. It reveals the five little-known secret truths about annuities in easy-to-understand terms. Call now and get your free copy. Don't make a move without it. These five secret truths are the hacks we believe all seniors, boomers, and those approaching retirement should know to maximize their retirement with guaranteed annuity income. Call and get your copy now. As a bonus for those who call, we'll give you our free annuity rate report that summarizes rates and benefits from the top annuity providers. Supplies are limited. Call and get your free books now. Call 800-549-8750. That's 800-549-8750. SEC Story, presented by Chick-fil-A. Florida, at the beginning of the 80s, was the dominating SEC school in women's gymnastics. Then they did kind of take a backseat to Georgia and Alabama when Georgia finally won in 1986. The rivalry between Georgia and Alabama raised the sport to another level. It made everyone else have to do better. Now, the SEC is the dominating conference. Alabama won in 2011 and 2012. Then Florida won two consecutive NCAA championships in 2013 and then coming back to win again this year. Basically just shows you how within a conference, when schools are giving the best, it raises the level of everyone. In 1999, people started noticing that Sarah Patterson's Alabama gymnasts were using routines with a higher degree of difficulty. There's a lot of things that we can improve on and more difficulty to add. To stay competitive with rival Georgia, Patterson added riskier routines to her program. Suzanne Yawkland's opinions on the matter set off another firestorm. One year they just did more difficult and someone asked me about it and I said, yeah, it's great to see them doing real gymnastics. So to make that kind of comment is somewhat a slap in the face. We won several championships staying clean and being incredibly strong. I disagree with Coach Yawkland. They better be ready to go after it because we're going we're gonna to go for a, a championship. She's getting all fired up over nothing. There was a, a little bit where it wasn't completely, you know, polite. Sarah was very subtle, but you could tell when Suzanne would get under Sarah's skin a little bit. Sarah got a little more prickly and a little more direct about her ladies. If they weren't that good athlete, how come they were beating Georgia? In 2000, Alabama had gained the upper hand. The Crimson Tide took the SEC championship. By now, both coaches had weekly TV shows where they would use the forum to forward their agendas. With media focus at an all-time high, the war of words between the coaches took center stage. Alabama's coaching, you have had words. Is it a friendly rivalry or is this really something deep? Um, I wouldn't say it's very friendly, actually. I don't think that some of the top basketball coaches in the country are best friends with each other. They're too busy, and I think that's the same with Suzanne and I. We would kid about whether Sarah and I should actually punch it out and duke it out on the floor sometimes. Some people actually thought, I wonder if they planned this. I wonder if there's a strategy between this dynamic of them. No, there was never anything planned. We were rivals. Winning championships certainly helped, but I think the rivalry itself made more people aware and made more people just have to go watch. At a 2002 regular season dual meet in Athens, the tension boiled over. I saw the judges conferring and Sarah walk out to the middle of the floor and the judges were talking. They're discussing whether Alabama competed out of order on Boston. Well, at the time, it was a 3 times deduction if you competed out of order. Big, huge deduction, particularly in a meet like this. And after the third rotation was over, the deduction was not taken. 
we won by a really slim margin. And at the end of the competition, Sarah was just really upset with me because she felt like I had something to do with what went on. I don't know how I can have something to do with what's going on with officials and meet referees about her out of order. She said some things that I didn't like and I just made a decision at that point that we're not going to have a home and way anymore. I went to the press conference and announced we're not going to be coming to Alabama next year. We're not going to be doing the competition that's not required any longer. The dual meet pact, crafted by bitter rivals, which fueled two unlikely programs to unimaginable heights, shattered in a moment of anger. Suzanne Yocklin kind of became the Yoko Ono who broke up the Beatles when it came to the Alabama-Georgia rivalry. I felt like we just got to a point where it was too emotional, too much pointing fingers and blaming from both sides. And it needed to come to an end. I never wanted our meets to be anything more than an athletic show. But I think for a while there, people wanted to see what Suzanne was going to say and her demeanor on the sideline. And it was enough. While the meets were less frequent, the rivalry was no less bitter. Both teams were still among the best in the nation. At the 2003 SEC Championships, once again, the two schools were out for blood. It came down to basically us and Georgia on the last two events. They were on vaults, they were finishing up. I can remember Chelsea Bird was going for Georgia on vaults. I knew something good was happening because it was so loud in the arena that I couldn't hear my floor music. She had gotten a 10. Fortunately, I did a good routine, and then Ashley followed me. Ashley Miles would need to score above 9925 to win the championship for Alabama. I didn't know what score I needed to get. I know that Sarah had already kind of on the side figured that out, you know, just so she would know. But they were celebrating like they won. Like, there's got to still be a way, but I'm not going to worry about that. Y'all sit aside, watch me. I'm a freshman, but I can do this. Ashley just kind of has the air about her that when she gets up there, you know when, when she's just going to hit. And I think that night, we just knew. tell that I had done something big by the reaction that Sarah gave. The freshman did it, and Alabama beat Georgia by just half a point. That was probably one of the most exciting things ever because it was so close with Georgia, and it also told me what that rivalry was about. For over two decades, the rivalry between Yawkland's Jim Dogs and Patterson's Crimson Tide had animosity, intensity, and parody. But that was about to change. Starting in 2005, Georgia was the NCAA champion for four straight years. I don't know what it feels like to lose a national championship. I'm so appreciative of everything because I know what an honor that is and how rare. But as the 2009 season came to a start, Suzanne Yawkland contemplated the end to her storied career. In 2009, I remember thinking, if you stay one more year, Georgia will win, and Georgia will have the record of the most NCAA titles. And you're not finished until Georgia does that. She knew it was different, and she knew this was her last year, and so she became part of the senior class. She just took it all in. She wanted to go out with a bang, and so did we. They named me the fifth senior. So here, 26 years, I've been working with seniors to accept life after gymnastics, and I had to apply that to myself. All the while, Patterson's Crimson Tide continued to put on a fight. At the 2009 SEC Championships, Alabama came back with the win. I think everybody in the country wanted anybody to win but Georgia. 
No one wants anybody to win that's just won already. Twenty-six years after accepting the Georgia head coaching job on a whim, Suzanne Yawkman coached her last meet at the 2009 National Championships. Suzanne really did want it. She wanted that to be her last year and to finish with a win. As a familiar scene played out, the national title was going to come down to the final competitors. We were always in the hunt. We were always there, but they pulled it off. victory closed out Yawkland's career with a record-setting 10th NCAA championship. She had achieved her final goal as a coach. With the 2009 season complete, Suzanne Yawkland retired, citing a desire to go out on top. The biggest mistake in retiring was I forgot the most important thing to me, which was teaching young people life lessons through sport. And that's like a big gap for me right now. With Yawkland's departure, sports talk and entertainment. I can't understand your food in your mouth. That'll put a smile on your face. I mean, serious, I can't understand a word you're saying. KABZ Little Rock. Deal is always to get to the top of one sport. Georgia and Alabama had been doing that consistently for decades, raising the level of competition throughout the country. You need that other team that pushes you, that you're a little bit afraid of, and that fear pushes you to be a little better than maybe what you would have been. I think not liking each other in a healthy way made us better athletes. It made Sarah and Suzanne better coaches made everybody else better. I mean, the truth is, Utah and UCLA and Michigan and Kentucky and Penn State and Florida and LSU and Auburn all had it. It's either we're going to step up and keep up with what Georgia and Alabama are doing, or it's going to be them and the rest of us way down here below. I think probably Sarah has to look at it and go, maybe I didn't want to go out to dinner with Suzanne. But I loved walking into her gym. Beating her, and for Suzanne, beating Sarah, was more than just winning a meet. I can never thank her enough for pushing me. Without her and her staff and her team's success, Georgia would never be where they are right now. We measured ourselves off of each other. Between the two of us, we helped create quite a fan base for college athletics and for women's sports in general. I have to give credit to Suzanne. I don't think there's right now too many coaches in the country that have any idea how difficult it is to be able to do that. University of Alabama and University of Georgia were examples for everyone. Everyone.